Okay, so we are now up and running episode 63 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast, and we're delighted to be joined uh, today all the way from Peru uh, with Caroline Knight. So, Caroline, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me here. This is um, the first first person from, well, first person who stays in Peru. We're breaking, breaking, uh, breaking uh, new ground again. It's pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're just talking. It's quite funny talking off camera about how uh, you, you've not heard any Scottish accents for a while. Um, I bet there, there must be somebody. I wonder if there's somebody in the, the jungle in Peru who's Scottish. I bet there is because we get everywhere. <laughs> there, there probably is. There's there's a lot of um, like when I say foreigners, I mean non Peruvians uh, working in the jungle, like researching the jungle, and a lot of them are kind of deep in the jungle in their research stations. So there may well be. Maybe there's a whole clan of Scottish people in the Is jungle. A, if there's a, there will probably be someplace, an Irish pub. So go look there and there'll be some, <laughs> Irish, there'll be some Irish and Scottish arguing about who can drink more. That's what you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, Scottish accent's weird because some of them are okay. So we both live in Fife. But I'm yeah. originally from Kinross, which is uh, slightly posher, and Ali's from <laughs> the islands off the west of Scotland, so we would not... The Fife accent is usually quite dirty and quite hard to understand sometimes, but um, but yeah, it's uh, something... Well, luckily, we're not we're not too bad. Um, not too bad. Yeah. It's like... It's kind of... It's, uh, you accent. Got, Sorry. You guys... When when you did a post about like oh there's not going to be um a podcast this week you were talking about a dressing gown and you used a word <laughs> and I was like what what's that was that the the house coat yeah yeah it's a like it's a guinea a guinea okay guinea as in uh, as in the film <laughs> you know the film the Goonies the Goonies I've heard of it I haven't seen it should I see <laughs> it? You've never seen the Goonies? I don't think so, no. Like okay. Sloth and Chunk and the Shuffle Truffle? No, I definitely haven't seen that. Okay, okay. But yeah, <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> anyway. I, I'm, just, I'm just surprised that someone's seen a, not seen a movie that Chris has seen, because Chris has seen no movies at all, well, which is shit. bizarre. What shit to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the, yeah, the, the word is Goonie. Okay, and then house coat. Where do they use that word in America? Yes, they also use it in Edinburgh because my wife's from Edinburgh and she refers to it as a house coat. Oh, I like that. It's very kind of like Victorian era. A what house do you coat. call it? In, what do you call it in England? Dressing gown. Ah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So there you go. It's a guinea. We have some uh, extremely bizarre words in, in Scotland that make no sense. People have, like, I've had to explain to people before, right, that there's certain things that we say and you just forget that they're not actually words. So people will <laughs> say, like, if you're speaking to somebody who's English or, or anywhere, really, and, the, you know, you will easily just say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And people will go, what? I don't know what you just said. And because we just say, shouldn't I? And it's like, no, the word is shouldn't. There is no word, shouldn't it? 
Mm. And same as couldn't he, didn't he, they're not words. So I think we forget sometimes that people actually speak properly and we're just some crazy yeah. bastards. I love it. It's like um, <laughs> the writer Irvin Welsh. Yeah. I don't know if he all of his books, but the books I've read of his, he, he writes like uh, in the Scottish accent, like phonetically. And at first it's really difficult for a non-Scottish person. Well, for me. And, and then afterwards, it's like you get into it and it's like I've got the Scottish accent in my head when I'm reading his books. It's a very, it's a very honest way of speaking. So even if you write it, if you, if you write the way that we speak, it comes across mm. as like quite, uh, quite angry, quite violent, um, like a way, you know, there's, there's no gray area. It's a, this is what I mean. And this is what, it, how it reads. If you speak that way, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. quite a, it's quite a, it's quite a, a direct way of speaking. There's no, I mean, if, I don't know, I can't, I can't really speak for anybody else, but there's no mess. If something in Scotland tells you to fuck off, they mean fuck off. They don't mean oh, <laughs> Fuck off! No, it's no fuck off. It's a different. It's a way. Like a, it's a strange thing that we have. Um, but yeah, it's quite quite interesting. <laughs> it's quite an interesting way of, of growing up when everybody thinks you're angry all the time. <laughs> I don't know if you guys be like horrified at my cultural appropriation of Scottish culture, but I I've always felt like this connection to Scotland, even though I don't knowingly have family from there, hmm. and um. I've got a thistle tattooed on my leg and I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I know that in the future it will like become clear to me. So yeah. like I've got that connection and it's like a real fascination, but yeah, I still don't know, but I don't regret the tattoo at all. It's very so cool. With, yeah, I know, I know some yeah. people, I know some people nowadays get um, upset by being culturally appropriated. But to me, if somebody thinks Scotland's cool and they want to get something Scottish tatted in them and they're not Scottish, it's like that's cool. Like why would yeah. why would you get upset by that? It's, you know Thanks. I mean? It's yeah, in the last week on the on the interwebs in the kind of networks I'm in, there's been a lot of discussion about around cultural appropriation. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not um yeah, I can't I can't speak you obviously we can't speak for everybody, but uh, to me, like, if you want to wear a kilt, like, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, 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 why would you be upset by that? It's somebody, totally. somebody, to me, it's somebody saying, I like your culture and I would like to wear this thing. I, I, you know, I don't, you know, that's, that's just Yeah, me. I, I hear you. And I think kilts are so fucking cool. And um, I don't know why, but the school, I, my, my, pre, my primary school, um, kilts were part of our uniform. And that's just an English school. So yeah, yeah kilts, kilts are great. <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't know why they get, like, I've never been on a stag doing, uh, uh, we weren't staying in Ayanapa, but we ended up in Ayanapa, Um and we had kilts on it. And everybody was, like, there was a lot of Russians in Ayanapa for some reason. And they were all yeah. fascinated with their kilts. Absolutely yeah. fascinated. Yeah, they all thought it was amazing. It was like, why is, I don't know why, this seems to be a thing around, like, tartan and, and kilts, but... Um, yeah, it was cool. I think it's somebody likes it. It's cool. I have yeah, to totally. say, they're not the most comfortable thing in the world to wear. No, not yeah. particularly nice to wear. Um, uh, yeah, like the only good thing about having a kilt on is you, you, you know, if you're at a wedding or whatever you're wearing it for, 
you have a sporran, which means you can take alcohol everywhere, which is <laughs> yeah. That's when that's that's when you realise how smart women are to have handbags, is when you've got a sporran <laughs> sat in front of your kilt, you're like, there's a wee bag and I can put everything I need into it. Yeah. And it's just right in front of you the whole time. It's perfect. I don't know why. Not that I'm advocating man bags, but I I'd totally rock a sporran all day. Yeah. Huh? A- anything Hello. that you could anything that you could put a half bottle of vodka in, it's got to be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we've got wildly off topic. <laughs> wildly off where we thought it was going to go. So, um, so yeah, your your story is um, pretty 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 wild. It's pretty pretty crazy how it all kind of came around about. So um, yeah, tell us a little bit why you ended up in the Peruvian jungle. Yeah. Okay. So it all started when my friend Charlie was organising a retreat. That was that did happen in the Peruvian jungle, and she invited me to teach yoga on the retreat. And I thought, okay, why not? Yeah. So two week retreat in Peru turned into me still being here. And basically, um, halfway through the retreat, uh, Peru announced their their national lockdown, and they were going to close the borders. So it was like, you know, you have to go now. And we we didn't make it out, so we're kind of stuck in Peru and um, the rest of my friends on the retreat, they they did want to go back to England. So it took them three weeks, but they eventually got back. Um, and I decided to stay um, because I just had this feeling like I would rather be in Peru than go back to England. Um, and also because I was, uh, um, sorry, give me a second. Romulo has just got home from work, so. <laughs> Estoy haciendo un podcast. Do you want to? Do you want to see him? Bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> this is so unplanned. This is like totally throwing me off. It's cool. <laughs> right. We like we like some <laughs> surprises. Like I love it. Um. So, bang. Dile hola. Again, es un podcast para Django Kaká Peru. Son um es están en Escocia. Dile hola. 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 Do you guys? No, 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 no. Do you can speak a little bit of English? Habla un poco de inglés. It would be very difficult to understand Scottish people for for somebody who's not like at least from the UK. Oh, actually, the other night I taught him to speak in a bit of a Scottish accent. I can't, I can't remember what I taught him, but he did a really good job. Oh. <laughs> yeah. it, must, uh, it must have been something to do with swearing. It was. I think I. I think the sentence had the word "kilt" in it. Oh, okay. He he's he said he's going. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, well, there, there we go. there's a there's a first. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, um, sorry, well, I can't remember what you're saying now. Oh yeah, you, so you, yeah. Um, and I was getting to the part where I was actually going to mention Romulo and how I just felt like um, I thought there's no point going back to England because I was working as a massage therapist, so like that was you know any kind of like you have to touch people as a massage therapist. So in the pandemic, that wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to continue working like that. And also I'd met Romulo and I was, you know, intrigued about him and I decided to stay. And it was a bit, 
you know, at the time I was like, am I crazy just staying? And, you know, this guy, I don't really know him. And, but I think if I thought it was just going to be some kind of fling, I wouldn't have like changed my whole life just to um, stay in Peru in the <laughs> pandemic. Um, so I did lockdown for two and a half months in a hotel, um, which sounds like really nice, but and I guess it was um, compared to how I think other people have done the pandemic. Like I'm just imagining people like deep in the inner city that have to stay in like really small flats. Um, but then after a while it did become quite frustrating. So I did two, week, uh, two weeks, uh, two months in that hotel. Um, and then uh, met up with Romulo and then we decided to go to the jungle and Romulo's family has a cacao farm and that's when this whole cacao thing um, mm. cacao journey started for me so yeah. I'm, I'm really interested about that um, so did you start the did you I'm assuming you started the Instagram for the uh, for that or was that already ongoing from from his family Oh, no, no, no. So Jungle Cacao Peru, Peru was uh, was um, kind of like my idea. I said to Romulo, like, why don't we make cacao? Because, okay, so the story about where his family comes in. Um, his father, who's also who was also called Romulo, he started this um, community of farmers in this part of the jungle seven or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And all these people came from further afield. A lot of them came from this area called Bry, which is like the center of one of the centers of cocaine production in Peru. So it's got a whole host of problems going on. And okay. so, yeah, Romulo's father decided to like take a whole load of people away and kind of set up a new community where they would farm cacao instead. Uh -huh. okay. Oh, sorry, guys, give me a second. Uh, yeah. I love how we just segue straight from cacao to cocaine and back to cacao. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. It's going to be a random podcast. Um, <laughs> they always are. <laughs> that, that, I love about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Podcast doing. Okay, so so yeah, he, he took a whole load of people away from that environment and they started this... Um, uh, community of then they started planting cacao and then three years ago Romulo's father died and the their cacao farm nothing was really done with it because his mother is in the town where near where I'm living now um, and she she's not really like a well she isn't a farmer so the kind of cacao trees got overgrown with jungle and so they were kind of really um, weakened because the jungle like blocks out all the sun mm. and then I I said to Romino, like, why don't we like clean the farm up and and start making cacao? And so that's what we did. Yeah, it's um, so, I, I just love it. I love the, you know, I love how authentic it can kind of feels. Like, I I don't know if it just, do you know, what I mean, it's not like, um, you know, you know, when you think of chocolate, you think of like a dairy milk, right? But I love, I love the, <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, I love like the fact that it's like actually. This is how you. This is what chocolate actually is. It's not like it's not sugar. It's, do you know what I mean? I love the. I love how authentic it seems. So, um, oh, thank. You. Yeah, yeah. So, I do want. I do want to say a bit, if I can, about um, 
chocolate versus cacao. So yeah, most people in the world, their experience of cacao is in the form of a chocolate bar. And the chocolate that's used in that chocolate bar is like the cacao, which has been heavily processed and like um, deconstructed and then like reconstructed with sugar and like vegetable oil and whatever else. Mm. Um, so it's like quite far removed from the actual cacao. And then the cacao we're making is literally the, the milled cacao beans. So it's like pure, pure, pure. And it still has its like sacred and medicinal qualities. And it, the taste is amazing ah. as well. I feel like, do you, do you sell this on, uh, on, online? Yes. Okay. Yes, we have a website. You feel like totally... I feel like I need, to, I need to buy some. I feel like I need to buy some now. Um, yes. I like to buy... Like, like pretty much everybody that's been on the podcast, I think, if they sell something, I've bought something sure. from the website. So, um, yeah, if if shipping it isn't too much of a pain to Scotland, um, I'll definitely. Oh, we buy some. yeah, we we ship all around the world. Awesome. Any any country, um, probably not North Korea, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> country. Very specific. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, like, I, genuinely, what like, have you tried, or is it, is it just not possible? Or no, I was, I was just assuming that um, probably no one can send mail there. I'm assuming. Okay, I just do because you, because you, yeah, because you said that. I'm like, have you tried? And like, <laughs> <laughs> they've sent something back, like Caroline. We know who you are. Don't send the chocolate here. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's just um, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely go and have a look at that once once we're finished. And um, I don't know. I like I like buying things. I've got. To, I don't know if it's a thing. Like as you get older, but I like like nice, not like nice things. So when I say nice things, I don't mean like most people would like they would go a nice things like a Stone Island jumper. Like I, I don't I, I don't give a shit about that. But like nice things. So if, like somebody makes like a you know like proper proper cacao like that's that's a nice thing um yeah or uh you know like a, somebody who you know somebody made me a a proper turned, uh, fruit bowl from wood like it's all oh, yeah. such a nice thing it's just as you go i don't know if it's a thing as you get older but you like the assault uh it's like it just <laughs> nice like a, a something that's like somebody's put uh -huh. um, like the, their own like time and hard work into it and you could can you feel when you get it that it's like somebody it's, it means something to the person who's made it if you know what i mean really like so that. so for, my first question is how old are you chris i am 36 i'll be 37 this year i love how you had to think really hard about that i've, I've been hitting the head a lot <laughs> <laughs> okay I, yeah i'm 34 so in terms of the age thing yeah i think definitely like we just well as i as i grow older i just have a lower tolerance for bullshit of mm. all forms yeah yes and also i'm i'm curious about like your astrology birth chart because sometimes like depending on where planets are in our charts that can like influence whether you like have a taste for fine things i'm really into astrology so yeah i don't, I don't understand any of it but i'm uh december the second so i'm sagittarius i don't know sagittarius. Any so yeah, that's why that's yeah that's where your sun is but then your moon rising sign all the other planets that will also play into it i don't know but what yeah. means. Can you explain that to me because i don't know what that means <laughs> I don't, I have no okay idea. 
So basically your moon sign is like the, the sign that the moon was in when you were born. So the moon moves through the signs every couple of days and then each planet will be in its place. And then the rising is like which zodiac constellation was on the horizon when you were born and that moves every couple of hours. Um, so your rising sign is maybe even more important than your, than your Sagittarius sun. Um, but to, to know more, we'd have to look at your birth charts with your exact birth time, where you were born and, and, and go from there. Okay, that's I like a whole, know. I do That's another podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know any of that. I don't know what time I was born or anything. I've never asked. Uh, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. Like, I, I, yeah, it's not something I've ever looked at. I know it seems to be more like girls into that kind of thing. Um, I'm not entirely sure that why. is true. Yeah, I think, it. yeah, I think any anything kind of like woo woo and spiritual tends to have more women interested in it than men. But I think um, it would... in terms of like spirit spirituality, um, no, I think probably me and Ali would both say the same. Like about kind of spiritual things, I think there's there's other things that you know clearly at play in the world. I just you know like horoscopes and things like that. I just never, it's just something that somebody's written down i don't i don't pay any attention to that but in terms of like the spirituality we were speaking to now who were we speaking was it kedrick olsen that we're speaking to yeah about oh uh, yeah. That, yeah that's how i found out about your podcast because yeah. i was on a kedrick and then i saw in his instagram and this is how this is why we're uh, here now uh, that's, that's so hilariously cool to me <laughs> So yeah, Ali found Ali had listened to Kedrick on Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he said that seems like, and you know, Ali just throws these suggestions at me, and I don't, I don't know why, because I always say fuck yeah. Uh, so he said Kedrick Olsen, he's uh, you know into you know Norse magic and all this kind of stuff. I was like fuck yeah, he speaks to yeah. us. That sounds amazing. So we spoke to him, and um, an absolute sweetheart of a man. Like super yeah. nice, um, and it was it was quite interesting. We got into some things, and I think we'll we'll probably do it again at some point. Definitely, definitely. So, how, so how do you know Kedrick then, Caroline? Did you say you were on a, a call with them? Of course. Okay, so there's this um, woman called Carolyn Elliott, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could speak for a long time on her, but we did a course of her called Thrill. So it's basically. Um, uh, a business call or digital marketing for online businesses for magical people. Um, so people who are into all the woo woo magical stuff okay. and how to grow online businesses using like um, kind of practical techie stuff mixed with like the kind of spiritual magical side of things. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Mm, yeah. He's, he's an interesting guy. That's for certain. Um, yeah. There's certain things. Um, there's certain things that you know, like the like horoscopes. Horoscopes are just meaningless to me. But there's like other things that are that are not. Um, so yeah, I think we got into uh, one of the things. It's all and it's funny because I ran past it again last night. Is a there's a tree that I run past <laughs> regularly in the house, and I don't like this tree. The tree gives me a I get a bad vibe from this tree. I was speaking to <laughs> Katie, and he was saying. You know, and he was saying you should go and you know, just go and kind of feel it and and talk to the tree and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, ah. and I was going to do it last night. And I thought that was really fucking insane. But like, I, like just patting this tree and say, "Oh, you're a good tree. 
a good wee tree, aren't you? But I didn't do it. But um, it's just this tree that I run past. And I get a, such a bad, and I know it makes me sound crazy, but I get a, it looks like the kind of tree that you're going to come round. And it's, I always seem to run past it when it's just getting dark. And it genuinely feels like the kind of tree that you feel like you're going to run around and you're going to see somebody fucking swinging from. That's that's what it looks like to me. It's just a creepy mm. tree. And I get such a bad vibe from it every time I go past. Um, do you know what would be interesting, Chris? If you did like a past life regression and it turned out you were the dude swinging from that tree in like 1842 yes. or something. That's a, fucking, that. that's a door we don't need to open. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's just it's it's super strange. Like, yeah, and you know, we we talked about some ghost stuff with Kedrick, um, you know, about ghosts and stuff. And me and Ali have both had experiences where it's like, like, you, you know, when you speak to some people about ghosts or, or you know anything spirit, like supernatural, some people are just fucking crazy and making things up. But we've both had experiences where you go, yeah, that that shit was real. Yeah, so it was interesting to speak to Kedrick about all those things and how his approach to, to ghosts and all that it was really interesting. Really interesting. Cool. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I, I, yeah, I think there's definitely something in that tree situation for you to explore. And I, I'd say, go for it. Like, and craziness, yes. Who cares if you're crazy? Definitely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> definitely crazy. Uh, yeah, it's no, very... Uh, yeah, it's very nourishing to hug a tree. Maybe, maybe not this one for you, but in general, hugging trees. Like, I don't do it in the Amazon because um, of bullet ants and like other shit that can spike <laughs> or like bite me. But in in uh, in the British Isles, I think you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if I want to be the guy who gets caught hugging trees. Like, I just. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like thirty. Because I'm like thirty-six and I'm not married. I don't have any kids. People already think that eh, guy's a bit. Because everybody thinks by thirty-six you should be married with children. So they already oh, think. Oh, that's bullshit. So I don't. I don't want to be the guy who gets found like just just cuddling trees one day. Like, what the fuck, man? He's not I, married. He doesn't have any kids. He lives alone, and now he's hug now he's hugging trees. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I don't. I, I genuinely don't care about that stuff. It doesn't. I don't. Doesn't make any difference to me. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, maybe I will. Maybe I, will. I. You know, you may well get a personal video from me next weekend yes. when I'm cuddling a tree. <laughs> I, I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, it will be a private video, but I'm, yeah, that may happen. Um, it might but, well yeah. jump in. It might is well it, jump in. Is there anything? In, is there anything like? Um, and Amazon, you know, that you're not allowed to like touch trees or anything because they're, you know, anything to do with, um, like are they sacred or you know, is there anything like that over there that you have to be careful from? Like any that, plant or that anything? Is, that is an amazing question. Let me just think about it for a second. Okay, so far nothing nothing like that has been brought to my attention but I, I i feel like i want to say a bit about um so the the place where i am now the town is called puerto maldonado and it was started in 1900 and it was started by gold miners so i feel like the energy of the place in the modern day centers around kind of like raping the land um and i feel like there's been a bit of a disconnection between like that form of sacredness and and yeah and the land um 
Um, I feel like around Machu Picchu, Cusco, that area, there's a lot more connection to like the Incas and the the kind of mm. the tribes. Although in this area, there are some uncontactable tribes. Oh, is it? And they're li- yeah, literally, they're, they're called the Machu Piro. And they, they, they literally do not interact with any form of modern life. And they, you know, if you'd approach them, they would probably shoot you with their arrow. Um, and Romulo seen them himself. He was, Romulo was in a boat and they were going down the river and these people were standing on the riverbank. Um, yeah, and Romulo said he felt a bit, you know, scared, but I just found that story fascinating. I love how there's people still living, you know, with these ancient, ancient ways of living that have, mm. you know, been preserved for so yeah. long. Um, so anyway, that was a kind of like sidetrack. Um, but in general, the people who now inhabit these lands, um, you know, the modern people, they're generally there just to, um, you know, do their farming. Mm. So that, that's the reason why I think I haven't, um, you know, heard of anything like, you know, you can't touch this tree because um, for this reason. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just you know something that you know I know there's a lot, um, a lot of history, uh, you know, in connection with you know like like the uncontacted tribe. They, they, they probably will have some plant that's sacred, um, and you're not allowed to touch. I just didn't know if there was something like you know, don't touch this flower, or somebody's gonna fucking shoot you. I don't, you know, I don't know if there's gonna be something like that, but something so appealing about an uncontacted tribe, like something. Oh, so I know. Way of life, just like this seems so yeah. nice. Um, it's, in, it's incredible that they've you know it still survived up into the 21st century especially when you kick in things like you know mass deforestation you know logging companies coming in and just hammering acres and acres of the forest that there are still tribes out there that have managed to you know protect their lands and, and still exist the way they have for you know generations i know it really is special and i definitely i don't know if peru or so on this but i do know in brazil there's like um you know, campaigns to protect these people and these lands because otherwise, you know, the loggers would just come in and and just cut everything down. Yeah, um, that's so so interesting. I, it would be like I know you can't, but it's so nice to like kind of sneak in somehow and, and just kind of observe them from like a distance and just see what they do. Like, how do they live? What what are they doing? What are they eating? Are they you know? That'd be just so fascinating to just sit and watch for a couple of days, like. Just be cool. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I do know that they um they do look for turtle eggs along the riverbank. So that's one of the things um they eat. I've I've eaten a turtle egg before. It tastes like ham and cheese. It's got a really like intense cheesy hammy taste, but it's interesting. What's it like? What is there um is there anything else like that you that you know the locals eat? that's like that but it's a bit like we would think it was weird but it's just normal to them well like you know oh yeah there's plenty okay so um a peruvian speciality which is just hideous to me is these like dried potatoes and called chuño and then they boil them again and it, it oh it's just it's not my thing but that's really popular um and then in terms of um, exciting jungle meats that I've tried, um, it's called lagarto and it's basically like a small crocodile. That's pretty tasty. Okay. I've also tried turtle. Um, 
that's all I've tried personally. But and also I know this is going to be a bit um, controversial for some people, but they also eat monkeys. Okay. It's, yeah. I think it's funny. It's funny that that's controversial. Like you know what's hilarious is that's controversial. There will be somebody who listens to that and gets really annoyed. But if that's what they do locally, then that's what they do locally. Like, yeah, you know, like it, it, it kind of going off topic again. But it reminds me when you know there was a thing on Facebook a while ago, and it, you know it comes around every year when you know the Chinese have the the cat, you know the the they eat like dogs. They just eat stray dogs, and there were so many yeah. people who were getting absolutely outraged here. Like, this is fucking disgraceful. It's disgusting. We should you know stop doing things. Like you know, listen. If this is what they do, if this is normal to them, then it isn't weird. Like, I know you get upset because you have a pet dog and they're eating dogs and you think that's weird, but I mean, if that's what they do, then that's normal. So, I mean, if, you know, if people in Peru eat monkey, then, you know, I'm sure, it, I'm, sure yeah. it, I'm sure it'd be strange to, you know, to somebody in Peru to have a, you know, I don't know, like a, an, an Indian. Yeah. Or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that way. So, yeah, what does uh, what does monkey taste like? I I haven't personally tried it. Oh, okay. I would like, um, because I'm just very curious like that. But um, so far I haven't I haven't tried it yet. Um, but yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Like a lot of people, I feel like in general at the moment there's a lot of like um policing going on like people mm. saying okay this is not the way you should live your life and that's wrong and da, 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 da. so yeah but this is you know they hunt the low what is available in nature yeah, yeah. i know um, yeah like a, a while ago when um what was the lion called that they killed in uh cecil, oh, uh, yeah, cecil, cecil the lion yeah and there was an absolute outrage and then um you know, but people didn't. You know, the people who who were who were getting angry about it didn't realize the knock-on effect it had to, like the local economy, because people stopped going. Um, you know, there was an incident in in Scotland as well where an American girl shot a sheep. Or was it a goat? Yeah, it was a a feral a feral sheep on one of the Western Islands, where yeah. basically sheep have gone to Ireland and are just destroying everything because there's no natural yeah. predators. <laughs> People were, yeah, people were giving this girl death threats because they were they were saying it's ridiculous, it's disgusting, and she should never be allowed back to Scotland. But what they don't realise is that, or, or, or they, you know, willfully ignore the fact that she paid for it. The money goes back into conservation. Uh, the animal was destroying like crops, you know, and farms. It was eating whatever they're growing, carrots or or, or cauliflower, whatever they're growing, potatoes. So you have to deal with that problem, otherwise the knock-on effect is enormous, and people just kind of ignore that issue it's strange you know because they think that they're doing the right thing by saying you shouldn't kill the sheep um which is you know but you know and, and the, the thing that you know that i find funny about that is it's you know the same kind of people who will you know if they're on holiday in thailand take a picture with a, an elephant or a tiger in a cage you think no no that's that's awful you know you've got a caged animal that you're taking that to me that's awful and what that you know other side of that is <laughs> what has to be done in order to keep order, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say feral sheep, like wild sheep that like don't belong to a farmer, is that what 100%. you meant? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they'd, they'd basically escaped from another farm on one of the other islands and had overran this relatively small island 
Um, so they had to cull it, essentially. They had to cull the sheep. And she had mm. been flown in from, she came across from America, paid a lot of money, paid a lot of money yeah. to the local estate as well, and shot a few of the sheep and a couple of the goats that were kicking about there as well. And everyone went crazy about it, even though, you know, people go up and shoot stags every year in those gaming estates. They shoot grouse every year on the gaming estates. Yeah. I think there's that point where I think certain animals people have an, an emotional attachment to. Yeah. Whereas other types of animals you don't. Do you know what I mean? Like like everyone wants to save the panda because it looks so cute sitting there. But no one wants to save like some one-eyed weird fish that lives in the mud. But it's actually an essential part of the ecosystem because yeah. yeah. it feeds so many other things. But because it looks horrific and it's got one eye and spines on its back it doesn't get the same attention as the cute panda or the cute koala or you know whatever it might be mm-hmm. I, I think this is why it would be so nice to live <clears throat> like where you are now because you probably don't get any of this like outside interference it's kind of like secluded and you don't get all the noise all this noise like you know social media noise and all that kind of stuff um um hmm, that's a that's an interesting thing you say because on the one hand, I obviously I use social media and I get like yeah. put into other kinds of noise. And because I don't um, read, well, since I'm a child, I don't read the news, but I don't listen to the local news anyway. So I feel, I guess I feel like in a little bit of a bubble. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but what... <laughs> I, I know I I hear what you're saying about it. it. It's kind of like nice to like live in this natural setting. But after a year here, I'm getting to the point where I'm really missing um, comfort and luxury. Like you were saying earlier, Chris, about like luxuries and nice things. I'm yeah. I'm really missing that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. yes, you would. Yeah. Like eventually, like I've, at some point, you really would just like a Domino's. Like a Domino's just seems nice. Um, yeah, I, when I, mean, you, I was going to say, Caroline, when you were talking about social media there and just when your story broke, because when I was doing a bit of research for the podcast, um, your story turns up on every single news site going up here in the UK. Like I found an article about you on Lad Bible. There was one in The Sun. There was one in The Express. There was one in The Star. Did you get a lot of like kickback and blowback from people when your story first kind of came out? Probably was it was kind of last summertime, I think, it maybe the first articles were starting to appear. Would that be about right? Did you get much yeah. people sort of commenting in a oh, negative so, way? Oh, yes. Yeah. So the article came out at the end of January this year. So literally three months ago. And um, for the most part, people have been supportive. But do you know where the negative comments have come from? Is So basically what happened is it appeared in, on those platforms and social media sites in Latin America heard about it and it blew up it's like bigger in South America than in, in the UK. And most of our followers are in Latin America. And I've had so many mean comments. Um, the general themes are, oh, she's just using that guy to get rich, which I find fucking hilarious because it's like, yeah, we literally were living in a hut in the jungle. And I'm obviously after Romulo for his like, huge huge wadges of cash he's got stashed away so that that I find quite yeah um and then and then there's also from men this time people just making um mean comments about Romulo's um 
appearance and you know saying some kind of <clears throat> racist stuff so i just blocked those motherfuckers because yeah yeah i put that on my page yeah you know what like you mean Ali, me and ali have you know we are silly and, and mid joke and stuff but you know you know when somebody's just doing what they want to do like why would you even like why would you even comment on something that like so negatively like if somebody's not hurting you, why why does it matter? You know what you know what's what's the game for somebody who's you know somebody looking at you and saying anything in any negative ways? Like why? What? How does this affect you? Like I think it just um you know brings out their own I don't know misery. Like yeah, no, mm-hmm. what the fuck is it? What's it matter to you if this this girl left the UK and she's living in fucking Peru? Fucks, shut the fuck up. We eat donuts. What are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> I don't understand this. Like, you, you know, I know me and Ali are both very much the same with this. Like, we don't care what you do as long as you're not hurting other people. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> do you know? Yeah. Totally. And um, this has been something brought into my attention this last week because this last week really kicked off on the the networks on in social media, and it's like. I think when people are on the internet, they've, they've got this like protection because mm. they're just green and then they just feel like they want to police people and criticize people. And that like wastes your precious energy that you can be putting into yourself and into like the, the, the good stuff you do in the world. And it's, it's yeah. really like tempting to get sucked into it, sucked into the drama. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. It's like, why are you policing other people on the internet, honestly? Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. so, it's so annoying. It's unnecessary. And it's, I think, like Chris was saying, it shows that they obviously don't have anything better in their life to spend their time on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you, if you had something better in your life, you wouldn't spend time commenting on social media just to say, oh, I think that sucks or I, was, I think I was, you're doing the wrong thing. Just I was laughing have other things to do. Your face, your face, had, your camera had froze, but like in a really weird position. So you, <laughs> you, looked, you looked weirder than normal. <laughs> Sorry, I was just laughing at that. Oh, yeah. It's funny, <laughs> funny, Kelly, because what happens quite regularly is the last time, uh, uh, it must have been Wednesday. We're supposed to do this on Wednesday. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, freezing. So Ali, Ali, Ali had this, like he froze in this position when he kind of done this. So I like I like photoshopped it into like loads of different situations, like like the, the the Last Supper, and I just like photoshopped Ali's face and think what he's. It's just I'm such, I'm such I'm like thirty six and I'm a fucking child. Um, <laughs> I just thought that would have happened again, um, but yeah, I've completely lost my train of thought now. I have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> That's alright. No, it is fun- it is funny when people's faces freeze in Zoom and in, in yeah, and then and then that thing where the video catches up and then the voice goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's all weird fun. So, um, so yeah, what what um what are the plans what are the plans are going forward, Caroline? Do you have any like are you there now? Do you plan to come back to visit? Are you? Going oh, down? this is this is where I have no clarity. Um, I guess the next step would be um, waiting to go back to the UK and going back for at least, you know, a month or two just to, because I fucking miss my friends and family Mm. and just like English things, you know, like familiarity. Um, 
food because I have to say I I I don't like the food here. I'm like the the fruit is amazing. The fresh jungle fruits. You have fruits that you've never seen in England before. Um, but then the rest of the food isn't. I don't really like it. Um, and so yeah. So then go back to England and then from there kind of feel into like what next because when I try and look too far in the future and think would I settle in Peru long term would I because I feel like I left England before the pandemic really hits and the England I'd go back to maybe it's changed in a way that is mm. unfamiliar to me now I, I just don't know so it, I honestly live my my life now like one or two weeks at a time do you not find yeah. that to be like like really freeing to kind of go you know what happens happens and just kind of you know go with the flow and, and see see where it takes you especially when there's no like you know if you don't have like a, a burden of like having a mortgage or having to you know having like an expensive lifestyle to maintain you could kind of just you know live freely and, and and you know if you want to go home you can go home and if you want to stay there or you, you know you want to go someplace else and explore the you know that I, I like the idea of that it sounds you know, it's cool to have, um, you know, things, but then you have to maintain all those. You know, so you have you have your car and you have uh, a house and you have, uh, you know, whatever you're paying. Um, you know, just simple things like gym memberships and these are all cool things. But you have to maintain all those things. But if you live how you're living, you can kind of just be free and 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 live. But then again, like you say, you, you miss the you miss the kind of creature comforts of um, being able to go to McDonald's at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I have to say, I've never, I, that wasn't really one of my comforts, but I know what you're, yeah, I know so, what you're, yeah. and also I, I miss having friends, like besides Romulo, I don't really have any friends here. So yeah, a lot of time spent by myself um, with, cacao and the jungle for company and obviously the people I interact with through my phone so it would be nice but you know there's a part of me that has fear around like being physically close um to to people again it's like oh my gosh that's going to be really intense like actually yeah. speaking to people like, going, like you know, going back to a big city like where, where, where were you from uh, in England um so Originally, I'm from Oxford, but I've spent most of my adult life in London. Okay, so yeah, going okay. back to London, like, I, I worked in London for a while, and it was it scared me. Like this is, <laughs> I understand. Like, it, it, like I remember, I, you know, when you, we, we we drove down from Scotland because we we did some, you know, worked in London for uh, two months in 2010. Now I remember passing Heathrow on uh, whatever the motorway was, and then it was like London Stansted was like 44 miles away and it's like i don't understand like how could <laughs> how does that work like how could it be 44 miles away and still be in the same city like does it i know because that's like glasgow to edinburgh it's almost that kind of distance you know that doesn't make fucking sense how it's terrifying such a huge place it's yeah it's an it's an intense place i've had um a real love-hate relationship with london it's like I love it, but I hate so much about it. Um, but what changed for me was finding the right area of London to live in. So for mm. my, I went to uni in London. So for university and then the years after, I was in um, South, Southwest London. 
And that really wasn't my kind of scene. And then when I moved to kind of northeast London, it's a lot more kind of like um, quiet. There's more green spaces and it's more there's mm. more stuff on that suited me. How so you, that changed. How, how do you think how do you think uh, Romulo would 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 react to London? Do you know, I've thought about this many times. And I've had thoughts like he'll either be totally overwhelmed and be like, what the actual fuck? Because what Romulo, um, he spent most of his life in Puerto, which is a small, Puerto is a bit of a dump. Um, you know, there's the jungle, but the town itself isn't that great. And then he spent a lot of time in the jungle working. So he started working when he was 14, so, which is really young. I, I feel like in the UK, that's a really young age to start working, especially so um physically hard like he is so strong he can carry a um, 120 kg bag of brazil nuts up a muddy slope it's like what the fuck <laughs> um so you know he's had that that's the life he's grown up in and so i'm like would he just like combust if he went to london but getting to know him he's also so adaptable and open and mm. i think he would just probably love it and be like wow everything's amazing yeah like he'd yeah. be resilient yeah um, one way or the other it would just be yeah. horrendous or it would be amazing yeah one way or the other yeah uh, i i fucking hate it <laughs> <laughs> i fucking hate it i could wait to get i, I don't like yeah so i grew up in a tiny little place um which had like 14 houses so i grew up in a tiny little place in even going to Glasgow, I'm like, fuck all this. Everybody's annoying me. I don't like it. Everybody's rude. You probably love you probably love the jungle then, Chris. No, nice I am terrified of snakes. <laughs> oh, um, yes, there are snakes, but yeah, fuck that. this is another like <laughs> this is bringing some more like magical woo-woo into it. But I honestly okay, I've been here over a year, as you know, and I've only seen a snake twice and i i genuinely think it's because that the animals that come into our awareness are like there to give us guidance so i see a lot of hummingbirds and mm -hmm. they're beautiful and um i meet a lot of owls recently and um an eagle but romulo on the other hand sees snakes a lot so i i think like um Unless the snakes had certain messages for you, I believe you may you may you may not see them. But yes, they do obviously exist in the jungle. But um, yeah, I get I get shivers when somebody says snake. <laughs> like, I've, yeah, I've got a massive oh I've got a massive snake tattoo on my back. I love snakes, so I'm yeah. quite sad I see them all. So like, I have in the past. Um, like been climbing hills and doing Monroe's in Scotland on my own and it's getting like dark and it's getting cloudy and in my head because I'm crazy I'm thinking about how I'm going to fight off a big cat if I see a big cat like I have a strategy of how I'm going to fight off a big cat and then Ali's like so I'm, I'm thinking about how I'm going to fight I think I'm going to grab its jaw and then I'm going to fucking break its head <laughs> I'm genuinely thinking about this but then Ali will say there's just whoever the, like two or three people like he's like a, a, a reptile expert you know really you know, he, he does all this stuff with snakes now. I'm like, no, we're not fucking having one on the podcast. I am not speaking to, like, <laughs> freak out so bad. So maybe that tree, maybe like a snake attacked me in that tree. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Um, maybe it was a good old, an old adder could have got you. But yeah, I'm so, oh, I just, I can't watch things. Um, 
Oh, genuinely, genuinely, I've tried a couple of times to get proper world-class herpetologists on that would come on and talk to us about snakes. And and it's the only time, you know, Chris said earlier, I pretty much messaged him and he's like, yeah, get them on. It doesn't matter who it is, unless it involves snakes. And then Chris is just like, no. I'm like, but it won't bring snakes on. We'll just no. But we'll just talk, no. <laughs> no. There'll be no pictures of no. It's just a straight no way. We've, we've just not Aww. been able to do it. You know what? Um, you know when everybody was watching Tiger King? You know, that crazy not Netflix thing. So I watched the first five minutes of it, and then it was like a massive fucking Python thing. And I was like, oh, switch off. No, nope, not watching it. And that was it. Like, I'm just not watching it. I just hate them. They're so slithery and... <laughs> yes, you have one. A real snake. Was that What was that, sorry? Have you touched a real snake? No, no. <laughs> They're no. amazing. I, I have, uh, the only thing, if I seen one, I would only think would be like, how can I stomp on this little fucker's head? Like, that's all I would think about. It's like, no. Oh. That's why in the jungle, and Romulo tells me off for this, he's like, don't go walking without a machete. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a clip. That's a clip we're going to have for that. That's going to be the like the little. Uh, that's going to be the little, the little promo teaser. Little promo. Don't go walking love- with a machete. <laughs> Solid advice. And it's true. Um, and you know, also if there's like branches in the way, you can just cut it back. And obviously, um, for snakes and stuff. But I, I don't see snakes on my walk. I'm really disappointed because I love snakes. Um. <laughs> Chris does not. Chris does not deal well with snakes at all. Even even as you were saying there, Caroline, walking through the jungle with overhanging branches, there must be snakes sat up in them that, as you say, they're keeping quiet and out of the way, so you're just not even aware of it. Probably, yeah, and all kinds of other things. Um, you know, I've I've had situation like scenarios in my head, like what would I do if I saw a jaguar right now? Um. But no, there's um oh something I wanted to uh, Chris when you asked me about the kind of sacred trees and it oh, yeah. popped into my mind to tell you guys about there's a myth. Um, so apparently there's this jungle creature and he's like got the legs of a goat, um, but the body of a of a human, and it's like a very small creature. And I can't remember the name that they use for it, but. Um, you know, Romulo's told me stories of him, you know, being asleep in the jungle and then feeling something tug at his legs in the night. And it's those kind of situations where they think it's this um, this person. That's pretty nice. So, I always get, you know, when you think about how big, like, the, I don't know how big the jungle is around about where we are, but it must be enormous. And you think, what if there is, like, this uncontracted, uncontacted tribes so it's not too crazy to think that there's some weird animal that nobody just mm-hmm. knows. Like, yeah, it, because every culture has these myths about animals, whatever it is. Um, so it's not impossible. You know, I know it sounds yeah. crazy, but it's not impossible. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I I've sometimes like gone for walks in the full moon alone in the jungle. And I, I was walking along um, along the track, and I 
and I got to a point where I, I couldn't take it anymore like the fear got me and I and I went back but part of me like desperately wants to meet this kind of goat human animal but another part of me is very scared <laughs> take take the machete take the machete yeah. and you'll be fine it's not it's not it's not a dissimilar thing I would say to somebody if they were going walking in London to be fair take a, take a machete <laughs> <laughs> You'll be safer. Take a, take a machete. Just a wee one, but yeah, take a wee machete. Um, but yeah, as uh, yeah, as you know, I get you know. I actually the the so if you do meet a jaguar in my head, uh, so you know me and Ali both do Brazilian jiu jitsu. So uh, what what, mm. we call, what we call pulling guard. So I would we would I would say, can it go back down onto your back, but your feet planted? And wait for the Jaguar to pounce on you, but try and catch his jaw and break its head. That's my plan. I've thought about this extensively, so it will work. <laughs> or you'll get eaten, one of the two, you know. But um, that's my plan. So, <laughs> that's do, it. do you not do you not think though, as you're laid on the ground and the Jaguar jumps at you, your brain just turns that into a rainbow because it knows it's about to get absolutely destroyed. And every endorphin and everything floods your body and just changes that image of the Jaguar leaping. It's like, oh, like a rainbow, and then it just hits you and disembowels you in a heartbeat. Yeah, probably. Probably. But yeah, I've thought about it. I really have thought about that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I've had these... Uh, it's quite funny when, you, when you're talking about, um, you know, going for a walk in the woods. Like, I've found... Like, so I did I did a marathon once where you ran from dusk into the night, and it was dark. And in the, the last little stretch, we've run into these trees. And I started to get weird. I, like... I, I was I was looking at trees at the lowest the lowest branch I could climb in case a bear came. Like I'm going if, if a bear comes, that tree's okay. And then I'd run like another hundred meters and be like, okay, if a bear comes, that tree's okay. And I was thinking about this whole way through. And then it's not until like a certain point you go, there's no fucking bears I'm in, I'm in Northumberland. What the fuck am I talking about? I do get I don't know if it's like a thing about the woods. You get like I don't know, like you get uh, like start to uh, like hallucinate or or I don't know it, it was it's something that happens in, when I'm in the trees maybe I'm crazy I don't know but uh, I feel like the trees do something to you where you start getting these weird vibes and weird uh -huh. ideas I don't know if that is that something you've ever found like walking around about in the jungle oh totally when it when it gets dark when it's bit oh you have not experienced darkness until you've been to the Amazon and the the whole like night because the stars are incredible because of the lack of light pollution. Mm. But when um, stars are covered by the tree canopy, it's darkness like you've never experienced. And um, in that darkness, I, I imagine forms and energies as well. And I'm like, I, I'm convinced the jungle's like riddled with spirits and, and everything. And then, and then you shine your light and then it kind of brings the, the actual tree and you're like, oh, there's nothing there. And then you turn the light off again. And then again, these forms come out. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was going to say like, are there bears in Scotland or Northumberland? No, where you no, no. Oh, there's none. I'm just crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just the things that go through my head. Like, I don't know why that happened. It just did. Um, but one of the things that was so cool, so the reason that I, just because you've mentioned like the stars and stuff. So one of the reasons that I did that marathon was uh so it's called um healed of dark skies it's, uh, i think it's the darkest sky the darkest skies in in england um so i went with the intention of hopefully it was a good night and you could see some of the milky way 
So I was talking to this guy on the oh. way around, running around, and you know, he was telling me, you know, about the story. And he, I think he'd been in Australia, and his girlfriend had died. And he came back to Scotland, and 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 uh, you know, he was doing this marathon, and he, you know, we we're talking. He says, "Oh, what? You know, one of the reasons that I did it was because I, I hope to see the Milky Way." I was like, "Fuck, man, that's 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 exactly why I did this marathon. I, I really want to see the Milky Way because that's like a life goal. Because I think it's like just fascinating." So there's these two kind of middle-aged women behind us going, oh, what's the Milky Way? And I was like, you'll, if you see it, you'll know. Like, yeah, but what is it? <sighs> how do I explain this to you? I don't, like, I, I don't know. I don't, like, how do you explain this to two, two people that don't know what the Milky Way is? So, But yeah, we've never seen it, but that's something. Did you Have you seen Have you seen the Milky Way when you've been in, in Amazon? Or? Oh, yeah, I was, I was going to say it kind of surprised me that you were um, not surprised but because the Milky Way when it's a cloudless night the Milky Way is here every night um, I mean visible every night where the Milky Way is visible so that's quite like normal for me mm. um, but then I forget that actually in the UK you probably can't see it in places. I think you can. There's, there's some place in like uh, Dumfries and Galloway, allegedly, that's the darkest skies in Britain. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just across the road. It's about a mile away from my mate's house. Eh? It's yeah. proper patch black. I'd seen it down there. I'm surprised you've not seen it up the Highlands, though, Chris, because I've seen it up at Fort Augustus, just outside Inverness. One night we were camping, eh? yeah. and I came out and you could see it. I have seen people that have seen it, and I have went out to try and can they hunt for it but it's just never it's never occurred yet but I, you know i'll get there eventually i think that would be so i know somebody who did uh, a friend of mine from jiu-jitsu and they went to the same place they did the marathon and they got to see the milky way but they all, they all done dmt at the same time and they were tripping balls like the milky way was there and they were having all these mad illusions about, you know what was going on so but that seems fun. Like, I don't, I don't care about drugs, but that seems like cool. <laughs> you know, it seems really cool. Um, but yeah, it's something that I, uh, I'd love to see. Like to see the set and look at the Milky Way at night would be so. Like I don't want anybody around me at that point. I'd like to be on my own, just kind of staring up at it and going, "This is so big." <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take a picture for you, Chris. Yeah, it'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, I've not even seen the, uh, I've not even seen the Northern Lights when I've been in. On my travels here either that's something that i have to see no. as well yeah i'd love to see them as well i i like to like go to laplands and you know stay in and they've, they've got some amazing hotels yeah. like yeah. you know made of glass and you can look it up you know look up at the northern lights that would yeah. be cool to do you, you you can see them in scotland as well like if you're in the highlands yeah. at the right time you, you do see them um uh yeah there's some so cool i like i just like the world's so amazing. Like it's just so fucking cool. There's so many cool things. Do you know when you do? Do you know when people like me? You know, you speak to people and like, oh, there's nothing to do. Fuck off, man. So many. There's so many cool things to see. Um, yeah, I get it. Kind of pisses me off. You know, just watching the sunrise. Do you get like cool sunrises and cool sunsets where you are? Oh. Oh no! Oh, we'll give her a minute. We'll give her a minute. We'll let her jump back in. I can see she was having a few issues there. Hello. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um. Basically, what happens is um, 
when the phone connects to the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi is so shit. So I had to turn the Wi-Fi off and just use my data. There we go. Okay. Sorry about that. No, no, no. So I was just asking, do you get like really, do you get like um, really nice sunsets and sunrises where you are? Mm, then I wouldn't say the be they're the best in the world because um, the jungle's very flat. So it's, um, you can't really, you kind of, yeah. It's not like you've got this long, like long, I can't even like speak anymore. <laughs> you, you don't like of the of the sun coming up and setting but i mean the clouds here like at the at twilight um you know pinks and purples and all that that's mm. very pretty but yeah. um you know you can't see more than i think that's one of the things i miss actually is being able to see great distances so um i i was born in south africa and uh i've also lived there as an adult and that in South Africa, because of like the mountains um, around the Cape Town area, you can see for like a hundred kilometers and those like long distances. Um, and in the jungle, it's, you know, it's very close and dense and maybe you'd be lucky if you see a kilometer or two into the distance. So yeah, that's, um, that's something quite different for me here. It's just a, like the energy in general here, it's very like intense and dense and humid and, it's amazing, but it's also, I miss the sea, you know, yeah. having that breeze yeah. and closeness to the, to the ocean. Yeah. I just kind of went on a tangent. <laughs> no, I like it. That's what we like about this podcast is that the weird tangency you go off on with people when you go, how the fuck did we, what, how did we get here? Um, so one thing, you know, and we'll finish up on this because I know you're, you're using your data now and we've been going for like an hour or whatever. Um, so oh, don't you, worry about so don't worry no, no, it's, it's, it's fine um so yeah you've mentioned energy quite a few times tonight uh so that's something that i'm fascinated I, i'm fascinated with energy um uh so what what's you know what, what's your thought process around about energy from people things objects oh i love this question okay so the way I see the world is that um, even though we like to see objects around us and, you know, there's trees and we live on planet Earth and we're humans, like underneath that, we're just like waves of energy and um, mm. our human experience kind of distills all these energies into form and, and whatnot. So underneath everything we see is energy. So, um, and we're all made of energy and um Based on that, like everything is interconnected. Mm -hmm. So like when my energy is just like a continuum of like all the energy around me. Um, so by that score, it's possible to tap into the energies of all the different things. So like Chris and his tree, like you're connected energetically to that tree somehow. You're yeah. tapping into that. Actually, you're not really, you know, when you approach that tree, you're so like the human energy field, your body's energy field it extends outwards for, I don't know the exact distance, but it's at least one or two meters. So mm. like when we're physically close to people, our energies are overlapping. Yeah. Uh, that's just explaining like really basic terms. And yeah, so I, yeah. I, I said something very similar to Kedrick, actually, when we we're talking um, to Kedrick. So, and my, my, my thing was, 
you know, if the Big Bang was real, okay, this goes this goes way back. Uh, so if the Big Bang is real, which almost certainly it was, I wasn't there, but uh, you know, <laughs> then everything, Technically. you know, yeah, everything, everything would have to be energy. So yeah. huh? everything, you know, uh, you know, do you just take like a human form in a brief moment in time as energy just becomes different things, you know, because you feel, you know, like that, like that tree, there's certain things that you just, you, you, you get a connection with or certain people, you, know, you, you meet a certain person, you go, I just, I don't even like this person. I don't know them. Or you get somebody who you don't really know anymore. I really like this person and I don't know them, you know, you and Romolo, for, for example. Um, so, you know, I think it's something that's so, like, the, the energy is so fascinating. Like, it's just because, you know, I think that everything, everything would have to be energy from. Yes. The, that's, you know, yeah. yeah. That, that's absolutely it. Um, and, like, energy can't be created or destroyed. It just kind of converts its it form. It so, so yeah. when, as long as the universe exists, the energy has to be there. And even when a human mm -hmm. being dies or an animal dies, its energy has got to still be here because it's not going anywhere. It still has to exist. Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. So, and yeah. I was going to say as well, like when we die, and then like the molecules that are made of uh, made up of bodies, like goes into the soil, and then trees grow. That's again putting in really basic terms, but yeah, it's just this constant. And I think this would be a nice. Um, chance to share with you an experience I had so I did an ayahuasca journey uh in November and I had quite a frightening experience well frightening to my mind that is um I basically who I am Caroline my body kind of like dissolved and I just became this undulating universal energy just pure like consciousness and awareness and it was really fucking weird and yeah, very threatening to my ego that likes to be really attached to my identity, to this body. And it was just like, what the fuck? Is my whole life this? Did I dream being this person? Um, and yeah, it was a real head fuck. Um, and then, you know, that moment passed and I came back to my body and I was like, yeah, but that's how things are. And we, we, we are like compacted into these bodies um, to have this human experience. But that's how, that's how, and then I, I tapped back into that experience. The, I think it was last week or the week before I was just meditating. I wasn't on any kind of plants <laughs> and I, I popped back to that awareness of just being this energy. Mm. And um, it wasn't as frightening this time. It was still weird though. And then I just brought myself back to my body. And so, yes, everything is just pure energy. And so, interestingly, um, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of ours, actually. Uh, I never told Ali this, actually, so I won't mention his name. Uh, but a friend of ours uh, had mentioned me to say that he had done DMT last week. Yeah. And the word that he used was he felt like he dissolved. Like his body just... Yeah. Like, he, like he watched his own body dissolving. Uh, you know, and all you know, his surroundings were all vivid. The colours were all, like, super vivid. Um, but it's just interesting because you said you felt like you dissolved. Uh, my, my friend had said the same thing. Um, you know, yeah. you know, body dissolved, which is, um, yeah, it's something that's like, I have no interest. Like, I'd never had any interest in any drugs, just mm -hmm. I, I just well, I just wasn't interested. But like, doing an ayahuasca trip or um, some DMT just seems like super cool. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's just it something that seems really cool. Yeah, I mean, we could do a whole nother podcast on plant medicines, but um, yeah, these plant medicines, they are energy as well, and we consume them, and that energy becomes um, part of our bodies and part of our awareness. And mm. um, with the cacao as well, like I, I hold... Um, every two weeks there with the new moon and with the full moon, I hold um, cacao ceremonies over Zoom. And again, bringing it back to energy, I was just, I was very skeptical about doing anything kind of online before the pandemic, let alone something kind of more spiritual, like a ceremony. And I'm just amazed at how even in Zoom, in a cacao ceremony, you can still feel the magic, feel, feel the energies of the other people. Like now we're in a Zoom, we're in a zoom call but we're still connected and it's like mm. what the fuck how does that even work um yeah it's really quite amazing the world is a, yeah. an amazing so yeah just on that you know it, the way that this <clears throat> sort of came about was you had commented on um a post on instagram just saying there's, there's nothing better than a scottish accent or something um yeah and then, and then what what happened <laughs> was you go you know when you look at something you go okay, who's this fucking crazy asshole? And then you look at the Instagram page like, oh, this is actually like quite a big page. Like, okay, okay, what's going on here then? So then it's like, oh no. Because like, and Ali, I'll tell you the story about when you added your personal page. So, uh, <laughs> like, like a lot of these bots, you get like bots and you go, oh man, this is so cool. And you go, okay, fuck off, you did. And then, but they, like, you're like, I checked the page, like, okay, what is this page? And then you look at it. So, so Ali had a similar thing when when you added your personal page. I'll let Ali tell that story because that's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, so not the uh, not your um, jungle cacao Peru one, uh, your personal one, which is body uh, love the bo- chick. Babe. Yeah, body yeah. love babe. So, so that's uh, Bobby yeah, love. That's, apologies. No, just to let you know, it, it it's not real. Yes, it is. Um, personal and that it's like mine rather than being like the cacao but it is also my business page for the work that I do as a body love coach but yeah that's just splitting hairs right now oh yeah continue the story I want to hear it <laughs> okay yeah so when I, I think it was off the back of when we posted our guest list for this month because I normally put together like a little snip with like pictures of the four or five guests plus the silly goose gang logo and tag it all in say coming up this month here's our guest so that people can kind of drop in and drop out. And inevitably, the, the people that have been tagged in it, you know, tend to reshare it onto their own stories. So you get the notification that comes yeah. through. So, you know, you, yourself under the 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 Jungle Peru, Cacao or Cacao Peru, uh, re, reshared it. And then my phone buzzed again and it came up, the Body Love Babe has sent you a message. And I instantly thought Russian sex bot because of the name. <laughs> You know, like body love, babe. So I, w- I genuinely went to delete it, and then I was like, "They've shared our story. How? How is that? How is that Russian sex bot shared our story?" So then I clicked through onto the profile and realised it was your, like, as you say, your kind of personal business alongside the Peru. But it genuinely nearly got blocked because I was convinced it was like a Russian sex bot when I just saw like body love, babe. I was like, "Ah, oh, Russian sex bot. It's not real. Like, delete." <laughs> I love that. Thank you for telling me. Like, what is even? I, I didn't know that was a thing—a Russian sex bot. But oh it my sounds god! Like it... I get messages on the daily on Instagram yep. and on Facebook on Messenger, and it is just yeah. So you know by the name, but it's a really weird name, and it's just trying to send you links to 
fucking porn and all sorts of shit, like weird, like, and you go, what? like, fuck off, every day, every single day. So yeah, it was, it was quite, it was quite, but yeah, it happens, like people comment on, um, on YouTube and, and on Instagram, you, people comment on things and you just kind of go, oh, it's nothing. So yeah, it was the same thing with you, but then it like all connects and you go, huh, this is quite cool. Um, so we had another one of those yesterday. Um, somebody commented on, to, you know, uh, you know, a, a fairly famous guy. Um, it said he had wanted to do a podcast, and somebody had tagged us in it. So now we're going to do this podcast with somebody else because you connect. It's just like this is so yeah. bizarre the way that everything just starts kind of like fitting into the world. So I'm yeah. just so cool. Like I love it. It's so nice. Yeah. Nice. Especially you know when when you think we we started this podcast, Caroline, just to give you a bit of background. We started mm-hmm. this podcast the first week of lockdown in Scotland because me and Chris were bored, and we thought if we get five or six episodes out of it. That'll be cool. We'll always have five or six episodes. And now this is episode 63. And we spoke to, including yourself, many, many cool people from all over the world that, you know, a year ago, we wouldn't have even have, have been aware of. Do you know what I mean? And it's just been a crazy ride. Of, as you've been talking about energy, you fire the energy out there and people respond to it and, and come back in and agree to come on the podcast. And now we've got um, like a guy who messages us fairly re- uh, fairly regularly uh, um christian in uruguay he's he's, he's a fo- listen to us in uruguay and he's, he's a cool guy so it's just bizarre it's so it's so strange you know we've got you know uh, mike bolton mike bolton out in, in Panama, who's a who's a guest he's a mike's like 80 and he's still like diving with sharks and, and taking pictures and he always just and he always just checks in to say, how are you guys doing? It's always, amigos, how are you? And uh, <laughs> fucking coolest guy in the world. It's just, you know, we've made all these like really cool friends and it's just, it's so bizarre. It's um, it's amazing. But then, I don't know, I guess we put out good vibes and... and uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Working. And this is like the beauty of social media. It connects people that otherwise would never have even like been in each other's awareness, even though there is like a more toxic side. It's like, you know, sucked in um, to like, yeah. But I guess that's life, isn't it? There's like shitty sides and then there's amazing sides as well. So, you know, there's social media, I'm gonna go off social media, but that's a little bit like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So what I would always say is, um, you know, there's, there's as many nice people as there is absolute dickheads. But what you'll find is the dickheads, are, like, you know, the people comment on, a, on, on your story, um, you know, very few people, you know, people are very quick to go, that shit, but not very, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a situation, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a product they've bought, whether it's a service they've paid for, people are super fast to say that shit, but not everybody's as fast to say that's awesome. So yeah, the people who are negative will always share the negativity, but not everybody who's positive will always share that. So you get this weird, uh, unnatural uh, balance that like, we think everybody's been horrible, but there's as many nice people as there is absolute fucking dickheads so i think everybody has to remember that you know there's as many cool people in the world as as fucking absolute dickheads so um but you know that the the dickheads are generally louder so yeah 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 absolutely and also the human tendency to focus on the negative over the positive that's like uh the negativity bias and it's helped us like survive as a species so like you know back in the day when we were fighting saber-toothed tigers 
the tendency to like always be looking out for danger helps us to survive, but it does mean that we focus more on the negative and the threats and bad shit than, than the positive. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't have any time for that. I just uh, try, and, try and be positive, try and get up and be positive and, and uh, hopefully we put some positive vibes out there for everybody and give them something funny to watch and listen to and, um, you know, it's quite cool because, you know, we know of uh, certainly one podcast that started because of us. Uh, and there's another, there's another couple that I've, you know, started doing, and they wouldn't say it was because of us, but yeah, because of us, but they just won't say that. But yeah, it's certainly a, a, a couple of girls who, who Ali knows who started a podcast, uh, you know, about being single mothers. And this, essentially, essentially, you know, they'd seen us and went, well, they can do it. Why can't we? Yeah. So... Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. And you look so professional with your mics. I'm like, wow, that's like serious. Right, this is where this is where it gets fucking insane. <laughs> so basically, me and Ali are just two guys from small villages in Fife. We're nobody from nowhere. We're not important. Last November, uh, last November we had in booked in uh, Jack Carr, who is it was a, a 20 year uh, Navy SEAL. Uh, New York Times bestselling author. Uh, he had to move his. Uh, he had to move our podcast back by fifteen minutes because he was on Fox News talking about the presidential election in America. Did speak to us. We had on. <laughs> we had on. And now our friend Jason Gardner again, uh, Command Master Chief in the Navy SEALs, uh, Silver Star recipient. We had on Laura Zera, uh, who was on Naked and Afraid, and an, an insane, crazy uh, adventurer. Next night. Exactly the same uh, South African girl who's uh, an insanely crazy adventurer. And uh, uh, who else is on Ali? Is that Megan as well? Oh, Megan. yeah, yeah, Megan McDougall that we, month. Yeah. We, we, we looked at that month and went, okay, we've been doing this for a while now. I think this is the month we should buy microphones because those guests are <laughs> genuinely. So, what was funny was uh, Jack Carr, who was the first guest, he was episode 48. He was yep. just on. He was just on Joe Rogan's podcast last week. Oh, and wow. uh, you know, because he's got a new book out and it's been published everywhere. So it's one of those things where it's like we're Instagram friends now. So it's like you just can say, "Awesome, Jack! Podcast is amazing." And he replies back to you, just like, "I don't understand how this happened. Like, like how did this happen? You've just done the biggest podcast in the world, and it's like you're speaking to some idiot from Scotland saying thank you." <laughs> So hilarious. so hilarious. Um yeah. Okay. Now, you guys are on Zoom. Woo. We're on Zoom now because way better. Skype sucks. Oh, I know. Fuck. And that's that's again like the microphone situation. We chose Skype early doors because it was free right. and we weren't sure. We thought we were only gonna get four or five episodes in. And we persevered with Skype way longer than we should have because it caused us all kinds of issues at multiple times. Mm. And last Wednesday, when we we're trying to connect with your good self, literally as soon as I opened, that's like Chris was saying, "Why well, I froze because I tried to launch the app on my laptop like four times. And it would open, I'd connect with Chris and it would shut down. I was literally like... Yeah, sucks. <laughs> just so done. We, so shout we, out to, to Caroline for convincing us to move on to Zoom. Zoom. It was, it was Caroline. Oh, I <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we now pay for this. We pay for the the, the pro version now, which is just better. And, it, and when you put the video up, it jumps from whoever's speaking back and forward, so it looks cooler as well on the on the on the video. So 
Um, so yeah, it was a uh, yeah, I, like I don't know, you, you know, I, I've got a, a good friend of mine who who, um, you know, he had a, a window company that he, you know in Scotland, and when lockdown hit, he he, he changed to do some you know sell summer houses now basically, but he was one of the people who took the opportunity like took the opportunity like this is an absolute shit show and then he he took the opportunity to do something about it where you know we've done the same so we took this opportunity of going okay if we ever want to do a podcast now's the time because people are doing nothing like they will watch because of nothing else to do so like life throws you opportunities i don't have to tell you this life throws you these yeah. opportunities and you take them yeah. and you, holy shit i'm living in peru the fuck do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's one of those things where you just go, like, life is an amazing yeah. way of throwing you these curveballs and you just fucking roll with them. And yeah. Like, I, I, would, I would guarantee money that when you went out to Peru, Caroline, for that two-week yoga camp, the thought of staying there for, you know, 12 months was never, ever in your mind. And uh, now here you no. are a year later. I know this has been um, and actually this is something I um, challenge myself with. So at the moment, um, a lot of my focus is going into growing my my coaching business. And I've got a lot of, um, you know, limiting beliefs like I just can't imagine it succeeding. And then I challenge myself and I say, could you have imagined ending up in the Peruvian Amazon making cacao? No. So yeah. exactly. And also, um before I came to Peru, um, I chocolate actually used to give me a hangover. Like I'd have the tiniest bit of chocolate or cacao and the next day I'd be fucked. I'd feel really shitty. And so I just avoided cacao and all forms of chocolate. And it's since being in Peru. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to give this another go because it's the land where it's grown in. And yeah, look where I am now. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Is it, is it, sorry, this, this name drops again. But we, you know, sometimes you have to hear things from people, and um, you know, it was it was uh, well Willis who was the who was the host of Forest of Fire on the History Channel. You know, we spoke to Will for three hours again. Fucking coolest guy in the world. And you know, he was you know we're talking off camera, and he was just saying you know fucking guys are doing an amazing job. Look look at where you are. Look at where you've come from. Look at where you are. And sometimes you have to hear something from just exactly what you've said. Sometimes you have to hear from somebody else what you're doing. And you go, fucking hell, man. Like, why can't we do this? And why can't your coaching thing be a success? Like, what's, what's the reason? And sometimes you have to hear it from somebody else and you go, fucking actually, you're right. I'm actually doing all right at this. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't think I, I, I would be or I didn't think I would be or I don't think I can go any further. But then you go, well, look at, look at where we are. Like, this is... This happened, you know, your coaching thing happened because you made it happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Nobody else made it happen. So you made that happen. So it's already a success. So how yeah. much more of a success can it be? Who knows? But you have to keep doing it for it to be more successful. So yeah. It's, uh... it's, it is such, it's such a British mindset though, that isn't it? It's just like, Oh, you know, it's it's a bit rubbish. It's it's going to be okay. I think Brits on the whole kind of default to that. Mm. Do, oh, do, yeah. do you not think so? Oh, yeah. Like we just we go to that default of how are things not too bad? Mm. Do you know what yes. I mean? We never we never we never say things are brilliant. We're always oh, how are you today? Not too bad. Yeah. Slightly better than bad. Not too bad. Yeah. 
Um, you've just reminded me um, of this amazing, it's a little clip from a Bill Bailey comedy show. Yes. And um, you know that phrase that I don't know if they use in Scotland, but in England, it's like, how are you? Well, all things considered, not too bad. And so Bill Bailey's like, really? Have you considered all things? And he goes, have you considered the sunlight falling on a shepherd's face in Patagonia? And he goes on this whole like spiel about all the things that, have you considered this? And it's, yeah. uh, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I literally saw that about a week ago. It is a genius clip. Genius. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. All things considered, we're doing fucking quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Even without considering anything else, we're all still doing pretty fucking well. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's something that I, and I've spoken about this before in the podcast. Like, I don't understand. Again, this is a this is a controversial thing to say in these days. I don't understand how people get depressed because I, 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 you know, I wake up every day just going, "This is fucking awesome." <laughs> like, I can get to go and do what I want to. Like. You know, I obviously I know that you know mental illness is something that's you know really came to the, the you know the forefront in the, the last year because uh, a lot of people have been struggling. Yeah. But I, I don't like I've never woke up any time feeling depressed. I wake up and go, "Fuck man, I can go for a run." Cool. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? That's just um, I guess you, you know I have friends that you know died at an early age um, when we're like 18 I had a couple of friends die and that kind of changed my way that looking at everything where it was kind of like me and Ali talked about this the other week we were getting a little bit soppy and emotional and uh, <laughs> we were talking about it, it was just like I don't think people take seriously enough the fact that you're not even you're not even guaranteed your next breath yeah 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 exactly so, you know if you just you know wake up and you're able to do things like, that's amazing you know, you're able to get up and you know just just move. That, that's fucking cool. Mm -hmm. That's just yeah. cool. You know, and I don't think people. I think people overlook. So maybe you can. You maybe you know this more because you live in you know where you're living just now, and you, you don't have all the things that we would consider normal here. So just the ability to you know have a good stable internet connection. That's so lucky. Like that's so. It's so lucky that we've got that. You can just go. Uh, what happened last night? What was the football scores last night? Uh, okay. Like that's so fucking. That's amazing. That's magic. <laughs> but we just take it for granted. It, Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. Can uh, I, I? I. There's something I want to say. To, well, two things which I think are really important. So first of all, I feel like. Um, I feel like um, human beings in general overlook the fact that being alive and having a body is a privilege. It's like, mm. it's a gift that's being given to us and we act as if, oh fuck, you know? And yes, so yes to that. And also as um, speaking as someone who has suffered a lot with depression, mm. um, first, uh, first of all, I went through stages with it. Um, first of all was I feel like shit and I don't know what's happening. Then it's, oh my gosh, it's depression. And I really like, um, yes, this is an illness and I need to fight it. And that was an important part of the process for me. And now I've come through that and I see depression as like a normal part of being a human. And it's a way of um, getting us to turn back inwards towards ourselves and have mm. deep, deep breath. Otherwise we've, you know, we're always out there, we're always doing. So I now see depression as not this like illness, but like an opportunity to 
come back and like and you know a part just a part of being human mm. even though it's fucking shit yeah. <laughs> i just don't yeah. I, I, it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit into my head i don't i just can't i can't even imagine it because it doesn't you know it's like fucking i don't know some it's some, I just I'm trying to think I'm trying to think I'm, this is how stupid I am I forgot what I was going to say. What's yeah, I, I think the, you're right though because it's, it's difficult to appreciate it if you've never gone through it yourself because my wife still suffers from it you know really severe depression and has done for decades now um, and some of my friends do as well and I'm, I'm similar to Chris I'm lucky that I never have and you're right it is hard if you've never been in that situation to appreciate it's not just I've decided to wake up one day and be depressed. It is, as you were saying, Carolina, kind of almost a slow descent into it and an acceptance that that's what is causing that issue rather than anything else that sometimes can take people a bit of a time to, I suppose, acknowledge and come to terms with before they can then start, as you say, turn back and merge and start working on improving it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, um, depression isn't just like feeling a bit shit and sad it's like a kind of um everything just i I can't even put it into words it's it's not really an emotion it's like a whole deadening it's like everything just goes gray is it like a a mental fog like is a mental fog that you feel like kind of descended over you or something like is that Mm. what it feels like or yeah it's like multi to, to make it sound kind of put it in more kind of clinical like multi-symptomatic like there's so many things it's like just everything just feels dead um and numb and I think everyone experiences it differently but it's not just because um when I've gone through those phases I'm like give me fucking sadness and grief just give me something not this deadness not this numbness no that sounds um, that sounds very similar to, to what my wife has. She says that it's just a complete numbness where people talk about highs and lows. There's just nothing. It's just yeah. static silence. Nothing, as you said, nothing at all. Not even feeling sad or angry or upset. There's just almost no emotion, which by itself is worse because at least if you've got strong emotions one way or another, you've got something to work with. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. But also the more I went through these episodes or spells or yeah, the more I did them and then the more conscious I became with them. And now when I go through it, it's like, okay, I know this isn't going to be forever. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that phrase gets thrown a lot uh, around a lot. This too shall pass, but it's true. Everything, everything passes. Um, but the thing, the, the sneaky thing about depression is that like your concept of time gets fucked with. So when you're in the depression, it feels like you've always been there and you always will be there. And then when you come out of it, you're like, oh shit, okay, no, that those thoughts were not, were so not true. It, is it like is it like your head comes back up of war? Yeah, kind of. And sometimes you you don't realize how deep you've been in it until you've come out and you're like, oh my gosh, I was really in a depressive spell right then. And it's like that sweet relief of coming back is like, ah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's something that, I, 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 you know, probably, probably because, uh, 
well, because me, we we get to make fun of each other all the time and and, and joke around. Me and Ali, we don't we don't. Uh, I don't know. I've got uh, you know. I can if, if you're ever struggling, you've always got some silly friends around about you to, to joke around round about with. But yeah, I, I just I, I've never. It seems to be something that people are speaking about more and more now, and I just it's one of those things where you you know you, I wish I understood like a little bit more because it just doesn't seem. Not, not, I don't want to. I don't want to say it doesn't seem like a real thing, but just I don't. I can't under like. I, I don't. It's like me trying to understand the universe. Like, I don't fucking understand. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, somebody's talking about. Somebody's talking about um like quantum mechanics. I'm like, what? I don't fucking. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> yeah, just you know what I mean. I just can't. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to hear somebody talking about it. I, I just don't. I cannot put myself into that place well that's that's pretty awesome that um you don't experience those things even and i'm not saying that in a way like oh i wish i i didn't feel this way because now i'm really at the point and you know being in peru has taken me to the most brutal places like within myself and also like most challenging external environments mm. and situations and now i'm at the point where i i now don't label things good and bad they just are and some of them are more challenging and harder but each one is just an opportunity to like grow more experience yeah. more and yeah that you know maybe to someone who is still struggling that will sound like quite flippant or yeah. oh that's easy to but when you've been like burnt enough <laughs> yeah. you will like it, it will change um yeah the way you perceive these challenges you know, you know what the, the the wonderful thing about life is, is there's no right and well, I suppose it's a wrong way to do it, but there's no, you know, there's no there's no set path. So you know, yeah. just just because you're having a bad week or a bad day or a bad month, you know, it's only a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, and there will be, you know, a bright, you know, the sun sun will rise the next day and things will change. And I think it's um, I think people get too caught up on like the social norms of saying uh this is how we should do it you know by you know by 34 by 36 you should be doing you know you should have this 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 and this but you go why why should i like who fucking said that's a who said that's a yeah. thing? do you know what i mean i think we get you know everybody's on their own little path and everybody's doing their own little thing and you know i know it's a cliche thing but you know everybody's having their own battles and you know having their own problems um and there's there's no fucking there's no set path, so it's just you know go what's happening, you know take take joy in the things that you you know you like and uh, just fucking you know I don't know I don't even know what I'm trying to say but just fucking don't <laughs> don't worry about don't worry about the things that maybe aren't happening, is just fucking enjoy enjoy what you're doing like you know I think I think I'm sure I've said this before was. You know, life is really fucking complicated. It's also really fucking easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's really easy. It's sort of really complicated, but it's also really easy. Um, and I know that's, you know, sounds silly, but it is. It really isn't all that difficult. No, no, no. I hear, I hear everything you're saying. And this is why life is so paradoxical, is that it's complicated and it's simple things are shit and they're great and if we can hold two polarities at once that that makes our ride through a bit easier rather than saying things have to be either this or that yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah like we're saying um 
I can't remember who we were talking this, you know, about just recently. So, um, like where where I grew up, um, everybody was into uh, kind of dance music, and where I went to school, everybody was into you know fucking corn and Limp Bizkit and all that new metal. Oh stuff. yeah. So, and I liked hip hop. So it was Dean Hepburn. That's who we're speaking to. So I, yeah, I, I didn't, you know, you know, I, I didn't fit in anywhere. So I went to school where I originally grew up, and then I lived. I went, uh, you know, I lived where I still live now. So I didn't really fit in anywhere. It was one of these things where, you know, people were like, oh, yeah, you've got to like this, you've got to like this. And, and I can remember just going, well, why can't I just like all of it? Why do you have to uh-huh. have this little, this little group that likes this and this little group that likes that? But it's, you know, and it was, it was, it was, I think it was some Henry Rollins stuff. Um, but it was just like, no, you don't, you don't have to fit into anything. You can just do what you want to do. Um, but you never realized that until I was well into my 20s. You go, no, fuck, fuck. I don't, I don't have to do this or this or this. I don't have to be painted into this corner. You could just say, no, I fucking like all of this shit. And I want to do all of this shit. Like, something, so, you know, you were talking about spirituality and all that kind of shit. Then you go, okay, but, you know, I boxed for a long time. I, I like fighting. And the two things don't go together. <laughs> you know, you said something, something about being kind of a little bit kind of spiritual and all that kind of thing, but they also like fighting. And like th- those things don't fit together. Don't you wouldn't think they would go together, but they can. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this is so on point because um, definitely spirituality. Some people can view spirituality as this whole like, oh, we need to like um, elevate ourselves above our humanness and like dissolve into love and light, but. I see it as also embracing this dirty, messy experience of being human and imperfect. And this whole, the, what you just said about like fighting and spirituality don't typically go together. It's the same with like spirituality and money. So someone over on my Russian sex bot, Body Love Babe, paid. <laughs> someone kind of, you know, I was talking about, um, it was, it was over a DM and I was saying, you know, how like, I'm, I'm also focusing a lot on manifesting money because I'm tired of like, um, you know, always living hand to mouth. I would like to have more money in my life. And he, this person um, said, uh, you know, I, I just think that's totally like contradicts everything you write about because you're like connected to nature and spiritual and the money doesn't fit in. And I'm like, bullshit. I think you can desire money or be spiritual and a good person and connected to the universe, you know? So, yeah, yeah I agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah, there's, yeah, I think we, yeah, we, we still put too much emphasis on painting yourself into this corner and, um, it's fucking nonsense. You could like multiple yeah. things. Like why why you know, why can't you? And that that's something that I say quite regularly, just during the day when you know when somebody says, you know, you really you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. And you go, yeah, but who says? I'm just like 36 year old now and still saying these things. You know, why why do you have to do it that way? Like, where does it say that? Like, show me. Where's this like is it a, is it written in a book? That <laughs> you know, why do we have to you know fuck it? I've always kind of thought that way. Um but yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know fucking where I was going with that again. I'm getting to the point. I'm getting <laughs> to the point now where I'm running out of intelligent things. No, I don't really ever have intelligent things to say. But I'm now running out of intelligent things to say. Um, but um, what was funny, uh, Caroline, is we were saying earlier on um, that we, me and Ali, were both saying we've had fucking shit. We've had shitty days. We've had shitty days at work, 
and um, you know, we were both saying, I bet this ends up being like two hours long. <laughs> oh yeah, it's now fucking two hours long. Um, uh, yeah. Did you have some. a shit day then? Oh yeah, both. Yeah, we both had. No, again, what's a shit day at work? It doesn't again, not that bad. Start again, you know. Yeah. Again, it's fucking done now. It doesn't matter. I'm home and I'll wake up tomorrow, and it's a different day. So, you know, how bad is it? It's not really that bad. You just get stressed in the moment, and you know, it's, it's fine. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no real bad yeah. thing. Nobody, nobody died. Nobody died. We exactly. Didn't go bankrupt. We've still got a house to live in and a comfy bed. And it's not that bad, is it? But yeah. Um, we we yeah. vented each other before we came on the podcast and we forgot about it and we're ready for tomorrow now. Ready for, yeah, we've got a podcast tomorrow as well. So um, a completely different. A complete, that's the thing I love about this is how varied our guests have been. Um, so yeah, uh, tomorrow's going to be a lot different. But uh, it makes you think, you know what? It makes you, th- makes you, makes you think a lot more because you speak to so many different people with so many different perspectives. And um, yeah, it makes us think. Makes us think a lot more. It's, it's super, super interesting. Especially yeah. when someone can articulate what they're thinking as well as you have, Caroline, which makes a massive difference. You can yeah. tell that you coach for a living because I train for a living um, for a for a building society, um, and I can always tell people that are good at public speaking. They just have a different way, and you're very good at articulating what you have to say and the way you think. And you can tell that you coach people in that field; it comes across well. Oh, thanks. Um, on that note, can I do a little like um, tell you about and also anyone listening slash watching about something that's starting on? It's exactly a week away. On I don't know. I don't know when's this podcast going to like be viewable. To this this will go out on this Friday, so it'll be out. Uh, I can't think what Friday's day will be. Twenty third of April. Twenty third, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, so on Monday, the twenty sixth of April. Um, so basically I've created something called the seven day body love activation and it's a seven day process and it's designed to reconnect you to your body and to like permanently change the relationship you have with your body. Um, so it's seven days every day. I send you an email and put a little practice slash meditation slash something in it. And yeah, so everyone who signed up to the process is going to be like doing it, um, concurrently and yeah it's free and i'm inviting both of you and anyone listening slash watching to sign up for it cool where, where can we send our listeners to sign up for it caroline okay so go to my um instagram not the jungle cacao the okay. it's at the body love babe um just go there and there's a link in my bio that says seven day body love activation and just sign up there beautiful we will get that tagged in the notes that is a positive that is a positive note to end the podcast we went through we went through a little dip there but it was a little bit doom and gloom and now we've come up the other side and we're ending on a positive note seven day body love activation um yeah so this has been fucking interesting um (laughs) it's, it's it's always, uh, like I say, it's always staggering to, you know, to do these things and, and to listen to different people's views on life and stuff. And, uh, you know, I think we said when we first started, you know, we, we, we want to speak to people who have lived an interesting life and you go, okay, well, you know, that's definitely you. <laughs> it's definitely interesting. 
Um, oh. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been it's been fun. Like yeah yeah, and you know what? What happens normally is there's been a few people on before where generally it gets to an hour and you, and you go, uh, you know, you make an excuse. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I I've got stuff to do and I, you know I have to go and do this or whatever it is, and you you, you just to kind of get out of doing it because I get sometimes people are difficult to speak to whereas you have been uh genuinely super easy to speak to and uh yeah that makes so it you you haven't i was gonna say you have not been fat alley caroline which is always a good thing we'll tell you off camera we'll tell you off camera oh my god that okay was, that was the worst hour in my life <laughs> <laughs> um right okay let's wrap this up on on that, that note then yeah, episode 63 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast with Caroline Knight from the Body Love Babe and Jungle Cacao Peru. Let's call it done and dusted. Oh, thanks, guys. You were a joy to speak to. Thank you for having me. Thank you.